This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. We had many answered prayers uh, during our 21 days uh, of prayer, and it's always exciting to see uh, answered prayers. One thing I'll just tell you now while I'm thinking about it, Brenda Williams, where's Brenda? Brenda, right here. Uh, was sharing with me that she got a, a raise that uh, about 15% and just an unexpected blessing. You cannot outgive God. God will bless you. And it's just uh, wonderful to hear the testimonies, you know, what God is doing. Let me mention, Dr. Leon, you need to be here. Whatever it takes, you know, Make sure you are here during that time. The series he's doing, the message is transformation, and he's having uh, awesome meetings. God is really uh, doing mighty things, so please be here. Uh, it's going to be a life-changing time, and so once you're praying about that already and get ready, that's a couple weeks away, I'm really excited by him coming uh, and being with us. Well... How many know that it takes money to live? It takes money to live in this world. But we know that God has principles. He has in this word instruction how to be blessed in this world. How we're to function, how we're to operate. And God wants you to prosper even in the place we saw that Satan is over this world system. He's building, he's organizing, he's constructing things that are against God. And we see that in the world more and more. It seems like there's things that are organized and built that are totally against God. And this system is something that we have to live in, but we're not of it. We are to prosper, we're to be blessed, but we're not to put our trust in riches, in money. We're not to put our trust there because there are some things that money can't buy. And God can even get you the things that money can buy without giving you the money to buy those things. But then there's riches that you cannot buy, that money can't buy. Only God can supply those things. So the spirit of mammon or that wealth, that those riches, is a counterfeit God. It's where people start looking to money, looking to wealth, and they don't need God. They just say, all my needs are met. Why do I need God? And Jesus talked about this, that it can be a hindrance to those that are rich, to those that have abundant supply, to turn to God because they think that they have everything that they could ever need, and money's the answer to everything. But we know that's not. We know that the currency of heaven is what? Faith. We saw that last week. Faith is the currency of heaven. God doesn't really need your money. I mean, his streets are paved in gold. He doesn't need your money. What he needs is your faith. Faith receives from him. The grace he's already provided, he's already blessed, he's already favored us. 
He's given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. He's already given us all things, but it takes faith to receive it. It's believing and acting on what you believe receives the grace. So God doesn't need your money, but he needs your faith. And your money is connected, we saw, to your heart. Where your treasure is, your heart is. Why? Because it represents your time, your sweat, your occupation. It represents you, that, that money. And we could look at how you spend money to see where your heart is. We could look and say, well, playing a lot of golf here, bought golf clubs, golf shoes, golf tees, golf t-shirts, golf shirts, golf pants, golfing lessons. <laughs> you know where your heart is? Golf. See, we can tell from where your treasure is. That's where your heart is. But God wants our heart to be with him. He's to be our treasure. He really is a treasure. The Bible says that we are a treasure to him. So where you spend your money or what you place value on is what, or let me say it like this, what you put the first on determines the rest. Your importance is first. And we're to give to God First, then he redeems or blesses the rest. He's first. He doesn't respond to second. When you call God second, he doesn't hear you because he's first. It's kind of like, who's on first? Who's on? Never mind. No, I'm not going there. God doesn't respond to second, third, fourth. He's first. So we've got to put him first, and he wants us to put him first financially and through tithing. And we saw that tithing is the first 10% of your income you bring to church, but there we present it to him, the high priest. Jesus Christ is the high priest. We present it to him. He actually turns and presents it to Father God as a worship. So it's a worship that we do. We found out that it belongs to God, it's holy, it's sacred, it's His. If I was, say I was uh, taking a trip and I'm going to fly somewhere and someone wanted to borrow my car, and I said, sure, I'm going to be gone, here's the keys to the car. They take the car, I come back, and they come up to me and they say, hey, I got something I want to give you got something to give you. I'm going to give you this. And then they give me my car. Have they given me anything? Not really. It, it belongs to me. It's mine. Well, have you really given anything to God? You're returning to Him. It's His. It belongs to Him. But He blesses you even though your returning was His. He blesses you for that. And he takes that 90% you have left and he speaks blessing over And we saw that the Spirit of God comes on your money and that Spirit of the unrighteous mammon comes off your money. So tithing is really uh, giving honor and worship to God is first. We saw that tithing is the exchange. Uh, you're exchanging your currency 
because we're foreigners or aliens in this earth. Have you ever felt like you just don't fit in? That you're just different? That scripture about we're peculiar seems peculiarly normal to you? or <laughs> it, it just, where do I fit? It's because we're different. We belong to him. Well, the currency exchange place is the church. The tithe is what changes the currency. When we give, it becomes faith and worship to him, and he blesses us back. I want to look at some of the blessings because we've been looking at really it's a worship and some of the aspects of that. I want to look at the blessings of the tithe, some of them. There's me more. In Malachi 3.10, let me mention this. Some of you have asked some questions. If you want to send me questions, you can at bob at harvestob.org, or you can leave them out at the uh, Connect desk. Um, just if you have any questions, because some of you have had some questions, I'd like to answer those, and we'll take a, a Sunday and just answer questions. We'll see how many we get. In Malachi 3.10, it says, Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and try me now in this, says the Lord, or test me. He says, notice, bring the tithe. Bring the tithe. He didn't say, start tithing. He says, bring the tithe. A lot of people believe that you don't start tithing. The, the way this was written, that some of the commentators say, it's like, you're already tithing, bring it to me. Well, what's that mean? It means that we're all tithing, but to which God are you tithing? We need to tithe to the true and the living God. Amen? So it says that we are to give, bring it to the storehouse. And the storehouse is because it was... Uh, they brought their crops and, and, and things, and that's the where, where they gave. They used money. They brought crops and animals. Uh, those things is the way they gave. So they had uh, a storehouse to get that supply. Maybe food in my house. Notice that we tithe our motivation. First of all, it's not for us, but it's for others. It's for others. You know, we are able to minister and bless many people because of your tithing and giving, we bless and help other people. The gospel goes out. Ministry goes forth. That, that needs to be our, our motivation is that we love God. I tithe first because he saved me. And I love him. And I want others to know about him. And when I give to bring to the church, it causes the church to be able to function, do ministry. When I do that, it's for others. It's to bless others. See, this takes away that selfishness that's about me. It's really about him and others. It's about loving God and loving people and serving the world. It's not about us. It's about him. But when we make it about him and when we love others, God blesses us. And we get blessed. So our motive here is giving to, to help those in need and hurting the widows, poor. 1 Corinthians 13 says you can give all that you got. 
it's not with love, it means nothing. It won't profit anything. So see, love is, is the motive that we give. So tithing provides for God's work through His church. In Haggai 1.9 it says, You hope for rich harvest, but they were poor. And when you uh, brought, bought, brought your harvest home, I blew it away. Why? Because my house lies in ruins, says the Lord of heaven's armies. While all of you are busy building your own fine houses, it's because of you that the heavens withhold the dew and the earth produces no crops. It's because of you. It's not because of God. You build God's house, He's going to build your house. You bless Him, He's going to bless you. It says that the lesser is blessed by the, the one who is better. God is better when <laughs> we get blessed. We're in covenant with him. So God says, bring your tithe. And then it says, if I will not open, next one, if I will not open for you, the windows of heaven pour out for you such a blessing, there's not, will not be room enough to receive it. Uh, the word windows there, it's a Greek word, shamak, and it talks about uh, opening, it talks about clouds, it talks about movement. Uh, between the heavens and the earth, and it means an opening. A window is an opening. And the, I tell you the way it really spoke to them uh, mightily is they, they were all farmers, and it talked about the pouring out of the rain, out the windows, pouring out rain because you must have crops, must have rain. Isn't that true? Got my farmer over here. Kenneth keeps me straight on this farm and stuff. You need rain for those crops to come up. And by the way, he's having a bumper crop this year in Jesus' name. <laughs> so windows, God pouring out rain. It talks about pouring out blessing. Let me tell you what blessing means there. It means benediction or good word. It means... Uh, something coming to a completion or being finished, complete, finished, a conclusion. We know that God's the author and the finisher of our faith. He's the Alpha and Omega. What's the conclusion of poverty, prosperity? What's the conclusion of sickness? It's health. What's the conclusion of confusion? It's understanding. What's the conclusion of fear? It's peace. See, God brings a, a blessing, and that blessing brings a benediction. Tithers have a promise of a God conclusion, something coming to an end. Is there anybody in here, I need a closure on this. I need this to stop. Well, you have a promise as a tither, God will bring it to an end. He'll bring it to a stop. I've seen people, and you almost don't want to say this, it's not always the case, but I've seen people that go on, on for years about a certain situation or something, and then you ask them, are you tithing? And they'll say no. You talk to them about tithing, they start tithing, and that thing comes to an end. It finishes. We have a promise from God. Now, if God needs our faith, you need to extend faith in the promises, provision, which is supplied to you because you're a tither. 
open windows. Let's go back to open windows. What are open windows for in your house? You let light in. You can see in. You can see out. You can pour something out or something can be poured in. It's a source of light. Can you imagine living in a house with no windows? It says that he will open the windows. Notice it's with an S. I believe it's spiritual and natural. I believe there's many windows that we can receive from. I think it's unlimited. But he says windows, and God will use those windows to give us what? I think one of the things he really gives us is sight to be able to see. He gives you vision because we need to see as he sees. We need his vision. We need light. We need the light. After tithing Abraham, what happened to him? He got vision. He found out who he was. He found out what he was going to be doing. He found out some of his destiny. Tithers get to know their identity, who they are, their purpose and destiny. Why? They're putting God first. They're submitting to him, saying, you're first in my life. I'm surrendered to you. And he brings purpose, identity, and destiny. You'll find people who are not tithers, most of the time they're just wandering around, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm just looking for something. But see, when you tithe, God has a blessing that he's going to give, he's going to open the windows that you can see who you are in Christ and you can know your purpose and know your destiny. I mean, no, you can't pay enough for that. What a blessing to know what you're on this earth for. Open windows. So tithers can expect God to show them who they are and their purpose and where they're going. And Luke chapter 5 is really a picture of Malachi chapter 3. Jesus is preaching and he starts getting pressed by all the people and gets backed up to the, to the lake and he's wondering what to do. He sees some fishermen and they've already fished all night, and they're cleaning their nets, and let's go down to verse 3. It says, Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. We had sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, Launch out into the deep. Let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have told all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them, and they came and filled both the boats so that they, so that they began to sink. We see Peter, Jesus asked, Peter, can I use your boat? What's he doing? He's asking Peter to give. To give to Jesus. What's Peter's motive? 
Is it for, to get a load of fish? No, his motive is for Jesus to be able to preach to people. He's ministering love. It's for others to be able to hear what Jesus has to say. So Peter says, here's my boat. He launches him out a little bit from the shore, and he's preaching from there. And then when he finishes, he tells Peter, now let me, let me show you what happened. Peter responded to what Jesus was asking him to do. He gave, and then what happened? The windows of heaven were open. And Jesus said, or a good word came, a benediction, a conclusion came, a finish. Jesus said, go fish, Peter. Go fishing. Now, if you fished all night, it took some faith to do this. What's God need? Faith. My nets are clean, Jesus. Come on now. I fished all night, didn't catch anything. You've got to be kidding me. Peter said, look, we did fish all night, but nevertheless, just to prove you wrong, I'm going to test you in this. I'm just going to prove you wrong. I'm going to go out here. You said launch out to the deep. We don't catch fish in the deep. We catch them in, next to the shore. So he goes out. The windows are open. The word comes. He responds to it. He puts it to the test. And what happens? A benediction to the drought of fish. A finish to that. What was it? A lot of fish. There was not room enough for him to contain it. See the picture? What did he have to do? He had to go and get others. He's calling, hey, get those nets. Come on in. I cannot handle all this. And they filled all the boats and they began to sink. Same thing happens to us. I know it happened to me. You want me to get, you want me to tithe? Come on. Lord, you've seen my budget. I mean, I don't have enough. I'm sweating as it is to make it. And you want me to tithe? Test me in this, Bob. Test me. I've worked all day. I've spent all my money. <laughs> tithe, test me. Okay. 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 What happens? God starts blessing. God starts blessing. So, wow, this works. Then you, you're excited. You tell Jesus, this actually works. Duh. <laughs> Notice that this benediction, it was using Peter's skills, his abilities, and circumstances to bring increase. One of the things that's been really an injustice or taught wrong, for years it was taught what happened to preachers. Somebody came and just dropped this money off. Anybody ever heard that? And then you tithe, you're waiting for the check in the mail. Everybody ever been there? Oh, I have. Going out to the mailbox. Oh, yes, Lord. Lay my hands on the mailbox, make sure nobody's looking. Look in there. 
bills pay. I heard that testimony. The, the money came in the mail. Well, see, it was to a, a preacher. They're, they're walking. That's the way they might get ministered to, but that's, that's not the norm. What the norm is, God's going to speak to you and give you an idea, give you a concept, give you an opportunity. You're going to have to work. Oh, no, not that. No, 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 not work. Yes, work. Work's a blessing. You're going to have to work and be responsible. But God will give you ideas. I know God gave me ideas when I was working on the job that saved weeks. It was just an idea that came. And then you think, why did I think of that before? It's just God. It's God doing that. So see, we cannot, and God can send you a check in the mail. He can do that, but that's, that's not the norm. I had a guy come to my house one time years ago. It was before I uh, started the ministry. Knocked on the door, and he said, the Lord told me to come and give you $1,000. I said, he what? That's my trick ear. It's a wonderful life. I never. No. Said, he said, what to you? He said, to give you $1,000. I said, come on in. He said, I got some other stuff out here too. What do you have? Fishing equipment. Now, I had not asked the Lord. I hadn't been fishing and in a good while, and the thought, I, I didn't pray or anything. The thought hit me, Lord, you know, I, I haven't been fishing in a long time. Didn't ask for it or anything. He brings me all these reels, all this stuff, bait caster. I had to learn how to, how to use it. All this material. He brought me bushel baskets full of lures and, and, and stuff. I gave most of it away. I didn't have room for it. I didn't have room for it. I didn't know where I was going to put it. Ellen didn't want it. I said, we could put it right next to the couch here. It looked great. That didn't go over. Storage shed was already full. Started giving it away. Went fishing. That's not the norm. What God's going to do is going to give you an idea, give you some kind of concept, something, organize something, or some understanding, something different, or maybe a business idea. God's going to do it. Don't look for the check in the mail. Be listening to his voice. He says, go fish, go fish. Do what he says to do. But work is a blessing Tithing doesn't mean God's going to drop the money from the sky on your life. <laughs> in tithing, we know that if you're not going to seek Him and, and pray and, and read His Word, then tithing's not the answer to everything either. He wants every part of your life. A benediction causes my mind to prosper. My mind to prosper. I get the light turned on in my mind. Understanding comes. So back to Malachi 3.10. It says, bring all tithes into the storehouse, 
There may be food in my house, and try me or test me in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such a blessing, there will not be room enough to receive it. Now, I want to show you how another way, it's not room enough for you to receive it. Hebrews 7, verse 7, Now beyond all contradiction, the lesser is blessed by the better. Here mortal men receive tithes, but there he received them, receives them, a whom is witness that he lives. We saw that this talked about tithing is for the church age because the word uh, mortal men receive tithes is current or perpetual. Really, uh, when it talks about Jesus here being after the order of Melchizedek, when did he become high priest? He's saying he's a high priest after our order. He became half priest after the death, burial, and resurrection or when we entered into the church age or the dispensation of grace. So he's talking about for church, for us now. He's talking about this, this tithing, this principle. Okay? Verse 9, Even Levi, who received tithes, paid tithes through Abraham, so to speak, for he was still in the loins of his father when Melchizedek met him. <laughs> I, I love this, this revelation. Levi tithed to Melchizedek. That's what, that's what it says. Levi, how did Levi tithe to Melchizedek? Levi was four generations from Abraham. When Abraham met Melchizedek, Levi is four generations later, yet the word says that Levi also tithed to Melchizedek. What does this mean? How? And then he says, because he was still in the loins of Abraham. It's talking about the blessing of the tithe is too big for your life. The blessing of the tithe goes to four generations. It's a generational blessing of God when you tithe, it affects your children. They get blessed. They get accounted to them. They have tithed before they were born, and the blessing of the Lord overtakes them, and they reap in some areas they've never sown because you did, because you were faithful to tithe and put God first. God blesses your kids. I saw that go. Four generations. We're to live under the generational blessings. If you have children, the best thing you can do for them is start tithing and putting God first because it affects their life. And you know what you will find for them? They find their purpose. They find their identity. They start walking in their destiny. That's what happened. The windows are open for them. Generational blessings. So, Pastor, I have no children. Well, get some spiritual children. <laughs> Pass this thing on. That's the reason we've got to teach our children to tithe, to put God first. You know, the Bible actually says that Abraham was selected by God because God knew that he would teach his children about him. That he knew Abraham would teach 
his children the ways and the purposes of God. Wow. You want the blessing on your own? Start teaching your kids. Start ministering to them. Pastor, they don't want to hear it. Good, then they really need to hear it. They're in your home, aren't they? Everybody smile. Who's the parent here? <laughs> so the blessing is so big. So we're talking about here leaving an inheritance, a legacy. This tells me that the blessing of the tithe should produce a better life in our children than it is in our life. It should be from glory to glory. That's what it's supposed to be. When I think that when I tithe, Ellen and I tithe, it's, it's blessing our children, but it's it's getting my grandchildren. It's getting their children. This thing's four generations. The blessing of the tithe. And then he says in verse 11, I will rebuke the devourer. You're kidding me. Mm. I will, real quick, I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground nor shall uh, the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. Now, in the New Testament, we have authority over the enemy. So we use authority in the name of Jesus. We are to keep the enemy away. Back then, they didn't know anything about the enemy. Even if they did, it done no good because they didn't have authority. But now we have authority. So we use the name of Jesus. When Adam, when God cursed Adam and Eve, when they, they fell, it said the ground is cursed. But see, when you submit back to God first, you know what happens? Your ground gets blessed. The curse that was on the ground comes off, and your ground is blessed. I'm getting to some shouting ground here. <laughs> okay. So could there be some Christians rebuking the devil and they haven't put God first? James uh, 4, verse 4, Do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you think that the Scripture says... Uh, in vain, the spirit who dwells in us yearns jealousy, jealously, but he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. You got to submit to God when? First. And then the enemy will flee. If you've been coming against the enemy in Jesus' name, he hadn't budged, you need to check your submission. You need to see if you're submitting to God first and surrender to him first. Because when you submit to him and resist the devil, he's going to flee. He's leaving. He's gone. 
He'll check your submission. Are you tithing? Yes, Pastor, I'm tithing. He's not leaving. Are you praying? No, I don't have time to pray. Do you read the Word? Never read the Word. I just don't have time for it. Do you talk to God? Any? No, I don't talk to Him. You're not, you don't have a relationship with Him. Uh, you either need to get saved or you need to repent and get right. Get connected again. Proverbs 3, 9, Honor the Lord for your possessions with the first fruits of all your increase, so your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. Honor means to mark out a place for God. Mark out a place for God. Three things you see there in your notes at the blessing of time. Number one, vision to see your identity, purpose, and destiny. Number two, leaving the legacy of blessing to your children, their children, their children, four generations. Number three, enemy is rebuked from your ground. See, tithing is a joy for me. No wonder it says that God loves a cheerful, hilarious giver. Because if you really know the truth, you can give cheerfully. Because you know what God's going to do. So here's my question for you. Are you going to put God to the test? He said, test me. He wants you to test him. This money-back guarantee that we're offering is an opportunity for you to step into tithing, to make that decision, I'm going to tithe to the Lord, and for 90 days, we are going to keep up with it, and we're going to hold it, and you won't, you say, I didn't see the blessing of the Lord in these 90 days, we're going to give your money back. This is a money-back guarantee to help you Take that step. We want to partner with you. We're going to send you information. We have a book we're going to send you. A book by Randy Alcorn. It's uh, the, the principle of giving, the treasure principle. That book. And then maybe you're a tither. God wants you to move into offerings. Tithing is actually the beginning to offerings. See, when the ground's blessed, that's when you can plant seed and have crops that's where the 30, 60, 100 fold actually is. So you need to step into being a progressive giver. Maybe you just need to go to 11% or 12%. Whatever it is, you need to stretch yourself. If you don't stretch your faith, it's not going to happen. Well, one of these days when my boat comes in, I'm going to expand my tithe. No, he said be faithful where you're at now. You take that step of faith, and God will bless it. He'll bring increase into your life. So we have a book called The Blessed Life. It's the best book I've read on finances. And I think I've had four or five people tell me now that that book has changed their life. <laughs> so uh, if you're starting to tithe, I'm going to offer this, and you'd like that book, you let me know, and we'll see about getting you that book. Because it, it is um, a treasure. God has raised... Robert Morse for that message in our day. And I believe it will definitely bless you. Remember the, the questions and everything? Uh, write those down. Uh, everyone should have a card. It was in your service guide called the Tithe Challenge. You can mark it there. I want to be a tither. 24 of you have taken that challenge on. And then you want to be a progressive giver, you mark it. I want to see you blessed, and God wants you blessed. He said, test him. 
You cannot outgive God. He will bless you. Get some testimonies. We'll uh, look at that next time. But God, God wants to show out in your life. One person wrote me and said that the water company called them and said they're going to half their bill till May of next year because they found a leak, <laughs> a water leak. They have already repaired it, but said we're going to half your bill till May. I don't know about you, but that's just not normal. We found a leak, and you may get overcharged. We'll give you uh, $5 off your next bill. <laughs> God is a mighty God. You never lose when you put him first. So make that decision. Just put that card in, in the bucket as it goes by. If you need an envelope for your giving, lift your hand. And we have, uh, I told you last week, that, you know, we're talking about the spiritual side, but there's a practical side. There's a practical side to all this. You need to have a budget. Do you know you need to have a budget and you need to stay within that budget? If one of you has trouble with spending, you lose your debit card. You do what you need to do, but you get a budget, you stick to that budget. And we have those books by Dave Ramsey, A Total Money Makeover, which we want to just sow into your life and bless you. If you do not have this book, please pick it up. We have it out in the foyer. Uh, Dave Ramsey is uh, one of my favorite on getting out of debt and just doing those practical things that you need to do. God wants you blessed. He wants you out of debt. He wants you blessed in everything that you do. Uh, next week, I might tell about they've done a study of those that do tithe and uh, about their, their finances and everything. It's, it's very interesting. But we need the, the body of Christ gives about 2%, and God is wanting 10 So you see where we're at. Let's bow our heads. Father, we thank you so much for your word today. God, we, we want to test you. We want to see others get to know you. We want to bless your house where you'll bless our house. We want to give, Lord, and see a harvest. We thank you, Lord, that you bring increase into our lives to establish your covenant. And we want to be about Father's business. We love you, Lord. We thank you for blessing us and giving us more than enough that we can enjoy life and be a blessing to those around us. We give you honor and glory today. In Jesus' name we give. Amen. Give us the Lord that's directed you to give. Here is the, the book. out there uh, in the foyer. Get this book, The Total Money Makeover, Dave Ramsey. This is his, his newest one. Get this book, get into it, and, and be blessed.
one per family. Okay. They're free, but one per family. That's what we want everyone that wants one to get one. All right. Let's stand up after the bucket goes by. You go ahead and stand up. Ask the prayer partners to come down. If you need prayer for anything this morning, God is going to answer prayer. He does it. Let's pray. Father, we thank you as we give today. We give in honor of you. We worship you. We say that you're number one in our life. You're number one in every area. And God, we realize you own it all. It's all yours. But God, you said return back 10%. And you would bless the 90%. Thank you for blessing us. Thank you, Lord, for the land and the country that we live in. May we impact our world for you. We give you praise. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Enjoy your holiday. Have a great Monday. If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662-890-1573 or toll free at 866-383-8277. I lay down